Hi, my name is Peter Maestri and you're listening to Divorce, the first six months. If you're someone who's about to go through a divorce or maybe you're just healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories that you're going to listen to focus on people that have been through a divorce, but more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. My name is Peter Maestri and you're watching uh, Divorce, the first six months or you're listening to it from somewhere. Today, we're going to be uh, talking to Misty Roberts, who is phenomenal. And I'm not going to say too much about her because you're just going to learn who she is like I did. And it was fun. It was a discovery. She's been divorced for about 20 years now. And Misty, welcome. And thank you for being a yes to this conversation. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So let's get right into it. I want to ask you, what was the first six months like for you from the moment that you knew when you're... As you, and you're going to share it, but you have a special case. So you were very young and, you know, take us through what was it like the first fi finding out, knowing in those first six months. All right. Um, I was very young. I got married when I was 19 and I got divorced right as I turned 23. Um, I grew up in middle of America, flyover state, that kind of place that that's what you do. You know, you graduate high school and you maybe go to college, maybe not. You find someone and you settle down, pop out some kids and, you know, live in your little duplex or McMansion or whatever with, you know, the 2.5 kids and a dog. I think I knew pretty early on in my marriage that it wasn't a lifetime thing at all. I kind of knew this was something that was for the time being. My, I mean, my situation is, to be honest with you, I look back on it and I think I got really lucky. Like the last six months, you know, the first six months after we got divorced, I mean, our divorce was very, very calm. It, there was not a lot of fighting. We, we didn't argue over, you know, shared belongings. Like he, he actually helped me move out of where we lived together into my new apartment. Um, now I, I remember like a month after I moved out, I had problems with my car and he was the person that I called, <laughs> you know, like my car broke down and I called him and I was like, I need your help. I don't know what to do. Um, That's so awesome. you were able to maintain the friendship after yeah, it, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this and you know, what I said to you was, I feel really lucky that during that, you know, time of your life, you know, your early twenties, that's kind of when you're figuring out like who you are and who you want to be. And I got to go through that with, you know, at the time he was my best friend, you know, it, I had somebody to stand there and hold my hand through that. And I'm really, really grateful that I had him during that. And, you know, I think as, as a couple of years passed by, both of us just kind of went, you know, I love you, but I don't like love, love you. Like I love you like my friend and we're still really young and we have an opportunity to find real, real love. So let's not hold each other back from that. Um, you know, I mean, we, we definitely went through some phases after our divorce. Like, you know, there were times that we were definitely a lot closer and there were times that it was like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, I need to like distance you and you're, you can't be this part of my life anymore. Um, 
I look back on that and I think that a lot of that, I probably had a very weird perception that I needed to take him out of my life and not have him as that super close person. Because if I was to get into another relationship, no one would understand that. Um, which now as an older person, I go, well, if you can't understand that, then you're probably not the right next person for me anyways. Yeah. Um, you feel like he groomed you for the next person? Like he gave you the experience or the tools to be ready for your next relationship? Um, no, I don't. I, I think that what he and I went through was very, very unique. Um, it also involved, you know, the last year that we were married, he, um, he went to rehab and obviously we met super young. I mean, we weren't even legally old enough to drink yet, but after rehab, I think both of us also realized he'd never known me when he was sober and I'd never known him sober. And I think that our relationship was incredibly, incredibly unique. And there are not a lot of things that I've necessarily taken from that relationship into other relationships. Um, I was, I was too young to even know myself and I definitely didn't know him. And I mean, I guess in retrospect, that is the one thing that I had that, you know, did groom me for other relationships was actually taking the time to get to know somebody. Um, you know, it, I kind of feel like more, you know, we met at a party my freshman year of college and that's pretty much what the entire time we were married looked like. It looked like a big college party. You know, it was the, it was the mid nineties. I, our, our wedding couldn't have been more mid nineties. Like he wore Doc Martens to our wedding and my fingernails were painted purple. And, you know, I mean, we were like the ultimate, you know, nineties alternative, you know, we, I think that we played Tori Amos during our wedding. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it couldn't have been more, more super nineties. Um, but that's what it was. Our entire relationship looked like a big college party and that's not what a relationship looks like, you know, at all. No, it's not. How did you source it though? How did you get to the, how did you get to that moment where you pulled the trigger and you said, all right, this is done. Was it something um, that happened or was it like a events or was it you? Yeah. Um, it was me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize exactly how bad his drinking had gotten. And as I said, it was the mid nineties. We were casual drug users at the time. Um, I didn't realize how far down that rabbit hole he had gotten. And I would say probably about a year before we got divorced, things started to get really bad. Um, there was, there was a lot of fighting at that point, a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. Um, and he disappeared for a couple of days. <clears throat> and when he came back, of course, a giant fight ensued and um, he hit me. And that was, that was the event. You know, it took another, you know, probably eight, nine months afterwards to finally like actually leave. But I understood very deeply that he was not himself at that point. You know, he, he was 
controlled by, you know, the drugs and the alcohol. I mean, it, it, it wasn't truly him. And, but I still didn't try and make excuses for the behavior either. You know, I, while I understand what addiction looks like, I also understand that that's, that's not in no situation ever. Is that okay? Um, I do, you know, very distinctly remember, um, him coming down off of that bender and sitting down and saying, you need to go get help and you need to go like this, this is done. Like this is, this is no brainer. Like we're finished, but you need to do that for you. And I think that I stayed because I knew that he wasn't at a point that he wanted to do it for himself. So if he was going to do it for anybody, he was going to do it for me. So he was in rehab for six weeks and I kind of dove very like, you know, headfirst into all of the, the Al-Anon and, you know, meetings like that to try and understand. And when he came out of rehab, you know, we had a lot of sit down conversations and a lot of counseling and, you know, there were points that I was like, okay, maybe we can try and make this work and fix this. Um, but then, you know, I start, like I said, I started to learn, I had never known him sober and I started to, to get to know him sober and that was not the person for me. Um, I'm a very, I was, I was very raised incredibly, incredibly independent and you know, as any addict coming out of rehab, they're, they're going to have a lot of, you know, codependency issues and being highly reliant on somebody else. And I just felt completely suffocated and smothered. And, uh, he, he went for a, a hunting trip with his dad. And I remember the entire weekend sitting like, okay, we're going to have this talk when he comes home. Like, this is, I can't do this anymore. And came home from the hunting trip on a Sunday night and I just remember sitting down and I was like, I think we're done. Like, you know, you're about six months out of rehab and you're six months clean. And I stuck around and I did everything I could. And I was there to hold your hand through those times, you know, just like you held mine. And I think it's, it's for the best though, that we just, we don't do this anymore. What gave you the strength to do that? Like to really just acknowledge that it was complete? Because it sounds like for you, you were, you understood what was happening. There was no blame. You know, normally in, yeah. a, in a divorce, you hear people blaming and it's like, it's your fault and this and that. And you very, I mean, I think you had the reasons to, yeah. to blame. it yeah. would have been a cop out because it's always a cop out when you blame somebody. Of course. Of course. But, but yeah. what did you source? What gave you the strength to do that? Um... Like I said, I think that, I mean, my whole life I was raised incredibly, incredibly, you know, to be an independent, strong-willed person. But I did, um, my mom was in a marriage. Um, my dad passed away when I was 10 months old and my mom got remarried when I was three and she was married to that stepdad until I think I was 12 when they got divorced. And I watched what my mom went through um, as a kid. And, you know, I mean, if anybody ever tries to tell you that childhood trauma is not a thing, then they're crazy because, you know, I, I remember being like six or seven years old and sitting back and being like, why doesn't my mom just leave this loser? Like, how, how does she, every day she stays? And 
you know, as I got older, you know, as a teenager, my mom and I had a lot of talks about why she stayed as long as she did. And, you know, it was the late seventies, early eighties. She was terrified to do it on her own. You know, single mothers, that was the, the beginning of that, you know, breakdown of the nuclear family. You know, we were indeed the first generation of, you know, kids that came from divorce and it wasn't common, you know, it was starting to become more common and, it was a lot more common by the time she actually divorced him. But when, when I sat thinking about making that decision for myself, I thought back to little, little six-year-old Misty going, why didn't my mom just leave? And I said it to myself, why, why are you staying? Why don't you just leave? You know, there, you don't have to do this. You don't owe it to anyone. The only person that you owe your happiness to is yourself and you're not happy. You know, you feel smothered, you feel suffocated. Like it's a completely, you know, a relationship that this person depends on you. Like I couldn't even go to the gas station to block laying a gas for my car without him being like, can I come with you? Can I come with you? You know, and it just, it just wasn't me. And I guess I just, I thought back to that, you know, my mom being in that situation and asked myself those same questions about myself that I asked of my mom when I was a kid. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, funny. Like we, we yeah. each source are a different so you know, to look for power. Yeah. Thing. And we often go back to the childhood and most people repeat it and you didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That has been a complete and utter theme of my entire life though, is unlearning or rejecting things that I learned as a kid. What's the process that you do? Um, how do you, is it like a cerebral or is it visual or do you just like, are you an observer? Where are I'm, you? I'm definitely an observer. Um, I mean, it's somewhat off topic, but somewhat on topic. Like, you know, the man that my mom was married to for so long. Um, Misty, I'm going to stop you for a second because some yeah. I'm getting a lot of interference from somewhere. Oh, you know what? I think that, it's probably my neighbors. They're um, doing renovations on their garage right behind me. So ah, that's what that it is. better. Yeah. Well, the Corona edition, things like yeah. that happen. You <laughs> just deal with it. So right. you're listening to us and you're hearing noises. Yeah, it's life. Yeah. Thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm going to challenge you right now. It made a difference. Reach out and tell somebody. It really does make a difference.